take a seat then. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to look at one verse, just one, and it's verse 20 this morning to kick this thing off. And it says this, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Today I want to talk about the kingdom of God. And more importantly, I want to talk about and focus on advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. Now, the word kingdom is defined as this, the domain or rulership of a king. All right? The kingdom of God, then, is defined as this, God's kingly rule, or wherever God rules, or Wherever God's will is being fulfilled. All right? Now, follow me here. You will only find two kingdoms, just two, that operate on this earth. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. That's it. Don't look for another. There's only two. And only one of those kingdoms can be at work. At any one given time. If God's will is not being fulfilled, then it's Satan's will. Right? Even the will of man. If it's not lining up with the will of God, the enemy is pleased with that circumstance. The enemy just loves it when we give in to the flesh and we kind of just go off and do our own thing apart from seeking the Lord. How many of you know that? How many of you have found that out? How many of you, like me, have fell flat on your face sometimes because you found that out the hard way? All right? Satan and evil spirits simply want God's will to be stopped or hindered on this earth. Satan and evil spirits want the will of God to be stopped in each individual life. That's their goal. And by the way, I know it's a sad day when I have to say this, but there's no partnership between God and Satan. Isn't that sad? I even have to go there. I, I have to undo some bad preaching uh, by some other ministers. Contrary to what some false religions teach, Jesus and Satan are not and will never be brothers. Are you hearing me? That's a good, I got a good amen on that. Oh my. They are absolute enemies, foes. And by the way, there is no redemption for Satan and evil spirits. Redemption is only offered to humans, to man. All right? But our job as Christians is to dethrone Satan and evil spirits everywhere we go so that God's kingdom or God's rule can be established in the lives of people and, how many of you know, in physical locations. In physical locations. See, I don't know if you knew this or not, but God's kingdom 
is not present everywhere. Oh yeah, God's, God's omnipresent. He's present everywhere. But his kingdom, his rulership is not present everywhere. I mean, you can just turn on the old TV and you can see that real quick. Go to Mark 9, chapter 1. Hallelujah. God is good. It's good to be, yes, all the time. And it's good to be in the house of the Lord, to hear the word of God, to straighten out our stinking thinking. Amen. Hallelujah. We all have some. We got to get out of there. Put some spiritual Drano in there. Amen. Yes. And that, by the way, my friend, can only come with the word of the living God. Mark 9, 1 says, and he, notice he is capitalized. That's talking about Jesus Christ. And he said to them, assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Jesus said that it is possible to see the kingdom of God present with power. You can see the kingdom of God. And how many of you know, like I just talked about, you turn on the TV and you can see the kingdom of Satan at work. Go to Las Vegas. You can see the kingdom of Satan at work. Uh, Go downtown. (laughs) Open up a paper, a newspaper, amen? You can see the kingdom of Satan at work. And there are notable characteristics of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of Satan. Jesus said several times when he was healing the sick and casting out demons. He said these words in association with that. He said the kingdom of God has come nigh or close to you. And that's in connection with healing the sick and casting out demons. I like that. The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. See, what was happening? Jesus was kicking the devil and everything that's associated with Satan's kingdom out. Why? Why was Jesus doing that? So that God's kingdom and everything associated with God's kingdom can take its place. Hence, the kingdom of God can be established and advanced on this earth. Well, I thought sickness, disease, and bondage was from the Lord, right? Well, obviously not. Because if that was the case, Jesus was fighting against the will of the Father then. And Jesus said, I only do those things that the Father tells me to do. There's just another piece of evidence that sickness, disease, and bondage is not from God. Can I get an amen out of that? Now, for the kingdom, uh, for a kingdom to operate... Or to be advanced. There must be unity. Among the agents that make up that kingdom. Every, everyone. Everybody needs to do their part. In Mark 3.24. Listen to this. Jesus said this. That a kingdom divided against itself. Cannot stand. Now, we know, according to the Word of God, that there's absolute unity among the Trinity, or the Godhead, right? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know there's complete unity. There's not ever been one time in the cosmic universe that the Holy Ghost said, hey, I, I, hey, hey, Father, I, I, I have a, an idea and I want to do this. Oh, no, no, we're not going there, Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? There is complete unity in the Godhead between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And right now in God's kingdom, how many of you know that there is unity among God's angels? Right? So let me ask you this. If there's unity among all of them, where does division come into play with the kingdom of God? Who can hinder the advancement of God's kingdom on this earth? Now, quickly, if you're a Christian, I want you just to lift your finger like this right here. All right, you out there too. Lift right here and just take that thing and, oh, just point it right at yourself. Because we are the ones that can hinder this thing. We are the only ones. As Christians who can hinder the advancement of God's kingdom on this earth. And guess what? Satan knows that. Evil spirits know it. But some ignorant Christians don't know that. Well, you know, God, you know, he can do whatever he wants in the old time. He doesn't need me. That's a bunch of hogwash. It's a lie from the pits of hell. Satan knows if he can make the church lazy and do nothing, the kingdom of God does not move forward, but Satan's kingdom will move forward. Are you hearing me? Because I haven't found a scripture yet. Tell me if you do. But I haven't found a scripture that says that Jesus Christ is going to come off of his throne in heaven and he's going to come down earth and do all the work himself. I just haven't found it yet. I'm sure someone with twisted uh, religion can, can come up with their own imaginations on that one. Right? But it's not in the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Why do we see so much evil taking place on this earth? Why does it seem like everywhere we look, Satan's kingdom seems to dominate society? Satan's kingdom is advancing because number one, say number one, there is a lot of unity in the kingdom of Satan. <laughs> in that sad day, having to admit this, there is tons of unity in the kingdom of Satan. See, sin promotes his kingdom. And every person who comes into this earth comes in with the sin nature. Because of what Adam and Eve did. And by default, they come in with the sin nature. Are you hearing me? There's a lot of unity in the, in the kingdom of Satan. And number two, the lack of obedience of Christians to advance and enforce God's kingdom. Matthew 16, 19. Jesus said this, and I, Jesus, will give you, my followers, believers, Christians, the called out ones, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth 
will be bound in will be bound, wait whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven I, I want if you have a pen or a pencil I want you just to underline the word you in there you say me you what was happening there what's Jesus trying to say to to his people his followers Jesus was delegating authority to his followers. Saying, look, I did everything I'm ever going to do. In the whole history of time, everything I'm going to do, guess what? It's finished. I did it. I rose from the dead. I ascended into heaven. Guess what? This power that I had on this, on earth, now I'm delegating it to you. It's yours. Use it. In a nutshell, he was saying, your actions on this earth will determine the power that will be released from heaven. Did you catch that? Whatever you bind on earth will be loosed. Will be, whatever you bind on earth will be bound where? Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in where? I like that. I love that. Think about it. Your actions on this earth as a Christian will determine the power that's released from heaven. I, I did a message a while back called When Heaven Touches Earth. Oh, what a beautiful thing. When Heaven Touches Earth. Amen? And guess what? We're, we are the go-betweens to the power of God on this earth as Christians. Jesus was telling us that the advancement of God's kingdom is our responsibility. And when we fulfill our part, heaven, all of heaven, all of the resources of heaven are right there to back up the Christian. Can you just imagine right now God's holy angels? Can you just imagine right now? They're, they're just waiting they're waiting. It's like they're at a starting gate, man. They're just waiting. And they're like, speak the word. Just speak the word. Come on, just pray about this thing. And I'll be released in that situation. Can you hear, can you hear me right now? Can you hear my heart? Can you feel the heartbeat of God on this? They're waiting. All of heaven is waiting to be released in that situation. In Big Rapids, Macosta County, wherever you live. In your home, in your family, come on, in your, let's take it right down to the nitty gritty, into your personal life. I don't know if you knew this or not, I gotta just break it. There's no shortage of power in the kingdom of God. There's no shortage of power. In fact, there's a power overload. And it's just waiting to be released. God is waiting. Who's going to go for me, says the Lord? Who's going to go for me? Who's going to release my power? Who's going to release heaven, come on, on earth? Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll tell you right now, I don't know if you found this out. Keys are worthless unless you use them. I can give you keys to a brand new Porsche. Unless you use them, it's no, they're no good to you. No good whatsoever. The authority that Jesus passed on to the Christian is worthless and not beneficial to you 
or to God's kingdom unless you use those keys. You don't believe me? Just come right up. Give me your keys right now and then try leaving today. Go ahead. I know you can probably hotwire it, but that's besides the point. Get you, you know, come on now. Don't bring that into the church. <laughs> All right, now, go to Matthew 28. Those were from your unsanctified days. I know, I know. If not, come on up for the altar call. We'll cast that devil out of you. All right, now, Matthew 28. Uh, let's look at verses 18 through 20. Keys are useless unless you use them. All right. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, a very popular passage here. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. After Jesus said that all authority has been given unto him, he immediately said to you, the Christian, go. Not sit down. Don't play country club church every Sunday. Don't just come once a week. Are you hearing me? But basically he's saying you live it 24-7 and go and do the work of the gospel. And he lists our responsibility in the matter to make disciples. What's that mean? Raise up other people that are going to release the power of God on this earth. Really? Baptize them. Water baptism and the Holy Spirit baptism. And teach them the word of God. When Jesus walked this earth, before his death, burial, and resurrection, how many of you would agree with me that he was advancing the kingdom of God? That was his very mission on this earth. And the word of God makes it very clear that Jesus was our example Say example. And we as Christians are able to do the same works that Jesus did. Don't believe me? Go to John 14. John 14. I don't care if I have to read this scripture every Sunday and and you get so tired of hearing it. You know, Peter said these words under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It is not burdensome for me to bring to your remembrance all these things. And and you know what? It's not burdensome for me to keep telling you these same things. And then he said, for you, it's safe. Say safe. Safe. Why? Because so easily we can forget these things and we just go off into worldliness. We just kind of go off in in our thing and we lose sight of the vision that Jesus has for us. Are you hearing me? John 14, 12 through 14, Jesus said these words. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I want you to underline this if you have a pen or a pencil. In my name. Ask anything in my name. How many of you know that we have to rightfully divide the word of God? All right? So, anything in his name. Or anything that is in the word of the living God. Anything that rightfully belongs to you. He said, if you ask for anything in my name, within the boundaries of who I am, within the boundaries of my word, I will do that thing for you. What do you got to do? You just believe. Trust. Childlike faith, right? But we are called to carry on with the ministry that Jesus started. We are to preach, proclaim, and teach the gospel. Heal the sick and cast out demons. We need to do it. We need to do it. 1 Corinthians 2. I once, a long time ago, I was talking to to, um, a Christian, a lady, when I first got saved. And and at that time, the Lord was just starting to open Elizabeth and I's uh, eyes and hearts to the reality of the demonic and deliverance ministry. And I remember this one lady, you know, just right out of the gate for my Christian walk when I made the made him Lord of my life. I mean, I was just on fire for the Lord, and, and man, I just wanted to go all out for Jesus. And I remember this one lady telling Elizabeth and I a situation that she was a counselor or something, and she knew there was some kind of demonic spirit there in this individual, and it, or it manifested or something like that, and... Uh, and I said, well, what did you do? She said, I ran out of the room in the next room, and I just started praying. I said, well, you need to take authority over that thing. You, are you hearing me? You see, God's not called to cast out demons. We are. You give the command. You don't go in the closet and just pray that God would get rid of that thing, right? Jesus said, you cast out demons. You give the command, and you tell them to leave, Right? So anyways, I just got, a, I, I got kind of a chuckle out of that, you know. Because how many of you know, that is a picture of what the body of Christ is doing. They're hiding behind bushes, right? Instead of being right on the front line, let's take authority over this thing and get rid of it. If we don't do it, that thing just stays there and that person's no better. The kingdom of God doesn't get advanced in that person's life. The Bible says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You need to know today that the blood of Jesus Christ is stronger than any devil. The name of Jesus Christ is stronger than any demonic spirit. Amen? I've been in deliverance sessions where where when a demonic spirit tried to manifest, it would come after me and actually try to... They would, they would, excuse me, I'm just going to use you a minute. I'm not going to hurt you, don't worry. I mean, they would come at me like this. And I said, the blood of Jesus is all over me. And, and it couldn't get beyond that point. Just, it wanted to rip my head off, but the blood of Jesus. Say the blood of Jesus. It can't get beyond the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? Oh, hallelujah. We need a fresh revelation of the power in the blood of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. Amen? First Corinthians 2. 4 through 5. It says this. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words 
of human wisdom. Oh, catch on to this, people. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith, say faith, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Concerning the kingdom of God, you need to understand that the kingdom of God is not just made up of words or commands, but of power. Power to drive that devil out. Power to drive that cancer out. Power to drive that sickness and disease, that bondage out of your life. There's power in the kingdom. So it's not just words. The kingdom of God comes, come on, with demonstration. Say demonstration. Don't just talk to me about all the fluff and the Christianese. Let's get to work. Let's drive the devil out. Are you hearing me? Out of people, out of cities, counties, out of this country, out of Washington, D.C. Are you hearing me? The power of God is just as available today as it was back when the Bible was being written. And you need, as a Christian, to take hold. You need a revelation of this fact. Just as much. There has not been one iota of power lacking. God didn't say... You know, okay, you know, I took my son back up into heaven. You know, he had the fullness and all this stuff. But you know what? Uh, You're going to have to suffer a little bit more. I had to take a little bit of power out. (laughs) That is dead religion telling you that. Oh, the power of God just ceased when the last apostle croaked. Give me a break. Give me a break. That's dead religion. That, my friend, is a doctrine of demons, as the Bible says. Look at Mark 1. Hallelujah. Mark 1, 21 through 22 here. All right. Are you getting anything out of this? Then they went into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he, Jesus, entered the synagogue, the church, and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching. Why? For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Listen to me. You know, let me bring this down into modern language here, okay? Uh, Something that maybe you'll understand here a little bit better. He taught them as one having authority and not with scribes. He taught them as someone who really had the power and not as a college professor. Not like a, a lecture, three points from the Reader's Digest. But someone who really had the power, the demonstration, the real thing, baby. Are you hearing me? Jesus proclaimed the word of God with authority or with power because he was anointed and baptized with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized in water, how many of you remember that? 
when Jesus was baptized in water, it says the Holy Spirit came upon him. Say upon. And in Luke 4.18, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, this is the double blessing of the Christian. When you get saved, immediately Holy Spirit comes in. But then there's the double blessing, the Holy Spirit baptism where he comes upon. He clothes you with power. Are you hearing me? I want to encourage every Christian here and listening to me around the world, do not compromise the word of God. Do not water down the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I want to say this. The great divide within the body of Christ that separate churches and Christians that are bold to walk in and to proclaim the power of God is their stance on the Holy Spirit baptism. It is a line that is extremely noticeable. I was even talking to a relative who goes to a church where they don't believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and this relative of mine it just it talks to me quite a bit and says, you know, I am just bored every Sunday. I, I, I just can't stay awake. I can't walk out of the church without one single point to apply to my life. Not one. And I told this relative, I said, I know exactly what the missing ingredient is. And he's called the Holy Ghost. Most Christians who don't believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a second experience, they're the ones that tack on if it be thy will when praying for the sick. When we know what the will of God is according to his word, we know Jesus didn't die in vain. He didn't take stripes on his back in vain. We know that it's included. Many of those brothers and sisters in the Lord ignore demons and the devil. And surely they won't preach about them behind the pulpit. And you know what? The biggest thing I find, the biggest excuse of why they, they say, um, you know, we don't talk about this is because we don't want to give glory to Satan or evil spirits. How many of you heard that before? Raise your hand if you ever heard that. And friends, that is the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. What they're doing is they're falling into the trap of the devil. The devil doesn't want people to be taught about the enemy from the pulpit. Because then he can get away. They can get away with their shenanigans. Giving glory to the devil. So let, let me get this straight then. When our commanders and president come together and they talk about Afghanistan and, and Al-Qaeda and all of the enemies of America, are they giving glory to them? Coming up with a battle plan, a strategy to come against them? I, I mean, I, if you believe that, the elevator's not going all the way to the top. It's stuck on the third floor. Are you hearing me? And we need some help here. There's a jam. There's a blockage. Giving glory to the devil. No, oh, Friends, I'm telling you right now, 
I, I tell you, even right now as I'm preaching this, Satan hates it. He hates it when he's exposed, when they're exposed, and we talk about the authority of the Christian over them. When we talk about the blood of Jesus, when we talk about the healing power of God, are you hearing me? They hate it. I, I mean, anyone who does that, your, your picture's hanging up on the post office in hell. Hell's most wanted. They don't like you. Are you hearing me? Many of these brothers and sisters, I'm not saying, will you go to heaven without believing in the Holy Spirit baptism? Sure, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, that you go to hell. I'm not saying that. But well, all I'm saying is, if it's in the Bible, God intends for his children to have it and operate in it. That, that's my only point. Why would you turn something down that God the Creator feels that we need? You see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Many of these brothers and sisters in the Lord, they think that miracles and spiritual gifts are no longer for today. Yeah, now, now th this is what they'll say, and I heard this before a lot of times. They'll say, well, it's possible for some in the body of Christ to operate with it. You know, it's possible for some, but when you tell them that you operate in it, they don't believe you. You know what I'm saying? They'll just kind of try to pat it down and say, well, sure, uh, uh, you know, there's some people who can, who can speak in tongues uh, and pray in tongues, but when you tell them, yeah, I do, no, nah, I don't believe it. You understand what I'm saying? So it's just a cushy little thing. They really don't, they don't believe it. They don't believe that a person who has the Holy Spirit baptism can pray in tongues, as the Bible says, as praying in the Spirit, as, as it's called. Every Holy Spirit baptized Christian can do that. Then there is the 1 Corinthians 12. This is the major confusion. They confuse the prayer language or praying in tongues with the gift of tongues. How many of you heard that before? Well, it says it's a gift and not everyone gets the gift. They're right, partially. Not everyone gets the gift of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about the gift of tongues when you're in a public assembly and all of, a someone, all of a sudden, in the assembly, someone stands up and gives a... Then, that's when an interpreter needs to be on hand. But there is what the Bible calls the prayer language, or praying in the Spirit in your personal time, right? You don't need an interpreter for that. And there's times when I'll walk the altar and I'm praying in the Spirit. Guess what? I'm not talking to you. I'm praying to God. If you hear me, oh well, you don't, I'm not operating in the gift of tongues. If I was, and I, and, and I just stopped everyone and said, I got, a, I got a message in tongues, and I just belt it out, then there better be an interpreter who pops his head up and says, here's what he's saying. Are you hearing me? So there's nothing wrong when a minister you see walking, in, you know, praying in the Spirit, or when I tell you guys, hey, all you who are baptized in the Holy Spirit, let's start praying in the tongue, praying in the Spirit right now. That's not the gift of tongues. And we don't need an interpretation. See, this is the major thing that, that many in the body of Christ do not understand. So what do they do? They just stay away from the whole thing. When really we're just hurting the, the, the advancement of God's kingdom. Amen? Because spiritual gifts are given to build up the body of Christ. That's what the Bible says. To edify, build up strengthen the body of christ 
So you read all the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. No, no, no. They're still active. Don't shy away from them. There's nothing to be afraid of. They're meant to edify you and the whole body of Christ. And when you're walking in love, it will do that. Amen? Hallelujah. Is that clearer than mud? Now listen to this. One thing I have noticed in... um, in, in, in local churches that don't believe or promote the baptism in the Holy Spirit, some of these churches, local churches, never give people an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, and that is a downright shame. Can you, you know, how many people have gone through those churches and they're in hell today because there was never the invitation? There was never that invitation, hey, today you can make Jesus Lord of your life. Uh, and really, what they've, they have quenched the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So there's no power to save an ant. Are you hearing me? There's no conviction in the midst. How many of you, since you've been here, you have felt at times the Holy Spirit come upon you as I'm preaching or whatever, or even during praise and worship, and you just felt the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, and you knew you had to change something in your life. I think we all have who've been here for a while. Well, that is because the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. We give him, it's a, come Holy Spirit, show us areas of our life. Amen? Because the Bible says you can literally grieve the Holy Spirit in your life. You, you, can, you can make him sad and that will cause him to be silent in your life. And yay, even in local churches. Amen? But I'll tell you right now, I went to a church for 20 years and I never heard once an invitation to make Jesus Lord of your life. Never. I, I, never. And in fact, when I went to a church where they did do that, I thought, man, this is pretty weird. <laughs> you know, what are they doing this for? I didn't have a stinking clue <laughs> about spiritual things. And I grew up in a church for 20 years. Now, is that a shame or What? I just tremble to think how many people are in hell right now because of people, they walk through the doors. And what an opportunity to have people sitting for at least an hour in that church, maybe 15 minutes, to hear the word of the living God. To hear the word from a pulpit, having your your attention and say, hey, this is the deal, people. Are you hearing me? And that's why we've seen people give their life to Christ in, in this church. Because I have a heart and a passion. I've seen it for 20 years, and it's not going to happen in this church. The full gospel is going to be preached. Amen? Now, the reason, the reason we do altar calls, what's an altar call? That's at the end of service where, you know, I just, we just have a little music playing, and we invite people uh, to the altar for certain things. Why do we do that? Because we do that right after the preaching of the Word of God. That's when people are being touched. Their hearts are soft. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. In other words, this. There, you might feel that pricking, that conviction right now. And if you don't act on it tomorrow, it might be gone. And friend, you could take your last breath. And you had the convicting of the Holy Spirit on you. You knew what you had to do. And you missed it. So we always give people an opportunity. 
uh, for that. That's why we do it. We don't want to give Satan an opportunity to steal the seed that was planted in your heart from the preach, preaching of the word. Amen? Now, <clears throat> if the Christian life, and you'll hear me say this during altar calls, I said this. If you feel the Christian life and the word of God are boring to you, you are neglecting the one that packs the word of God with power, the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? And there are some listening to me on the internet and radio that have a problem staying awake in the church that you attend. You can't even stay awake. If, and I want to say this as, as bluntly as I can. If you can't stay awake in that church, get out of there and go where the power of God is. Amen. Find a new church home because the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. There should be the power of the Holy Spirit in local Christian churches to change people's lives. And if the power of God is not welcomed in that place, if it's not in that place, you're being shortchanged as a Christian. Because it is the will of God for his power to be manifest on this earth. Jesus said these words. Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. God takes pleasure when his kingdom is promoted. He takes pleasure to give you his power. Jesus takes pleasure... To give you his name. You know if you're a Christian today, you're married to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have the right to use his name. You have the right. Just like a woman, well, when, you got, when you got married, you got the last name of your husband. You have the right to use that name. And we have the right to use the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me just say this. If the enemy, Satan and evil spirits, if they can't feed you total heresy, he, they will settle for Christians leaving out truths from the word of God. Are you hearing me? Oh, come on. Satan can't use this line on us that, that, that Jesus was just a good man. He was just a prophet. Jessica, he knows he can't get you and I on that, right? But what he can do, you know what? I'm just going to chop out of there that the power of God ended when Jesus left the earth or when the apostles left the earth. You know, I'm just going to chop out of there the Holy Spirit baptism. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. You know what? We're just going to leave out of there. I'm, I'm just going to try to deceive them and leave out of there uh, that casting out demons is for today, you know? I'll just tell them that it's, it's simply just mental conditions and all you need is medication. That, that's all. That's, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make them so intellectual that they will be no spiritual good. Friends, that's what we're seeing in this country right now in these times. Are you hearing me? Go to Mark 16. Yeah, we're just going to dope people up and uh, 
and just tell them, you know what, that's just their lot in life. That's what they're going to have to put up with. There's nothing they can do. That's what we'll do. Yep. All right. That's, that's what the enemy's saying. Mark 16, 15 through 18 says this. And he, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. A sign is a confirmation of the message. All right? A sign. Jesus said these signs shall follow. A sign is a confirmation of the message. So listen, if those signs that are listed there in Mark 16, 15 through 18, if those signs should follow the Christian, obviously then the gospel contains those benefits. Are you hearing me? If Jesus said they shall follow... Well, a sign is no more than just putting your stamp of approval on the message. It's confirming the message. Then obviously the message includes casting out demons, speaking with, come on, new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly. Now that's not talking about going and spiking your Kool-Aid and drinking it. Are you hearing me? That's talking about if someone tried to come against you with it. And, and you're, you know, you're promised that protection. All right? Stay away from that Kool-Aid now. <laughs> All right. Go to Mark 1, 14 through 15. Horrible thing. Horrible thing. I, it shows you, well, it's these Jim Jones and stuff, how they go off in this deception. It's evil. Are you hearing me? Stick with the word of the living God, and you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. The gospel or good news of the kingdom of God contains freedom. Say freedom. From sin, sickness, disease, curses, bondage, demonic spirits. I'm telling you, yeah, but Pastor James, that just sounds too good to be true. Well, guess what? It is true, and it's really good. It is. And I got to tell you, the kingdom of God is not being fully proclaimed unless you are covering and believe all of the benefits of the kingdom. Amen? It's just not fully being preached. If you don't take what the Word of God says, proclaim it, and walk in this thing. We are not truly fulfilling the Great Commission if we don't follow the example that Jesus left us and proclaim and teach the complete Word of God. The Word of God, the Bible says, is settled forever in heaven. But my question for you today is, is it settled in you? Has the word of God found a home in your heart? Do you believe all of it or some of it? 
Do you live by all of it or just some of it? Let me ask you Christians this right now. And I don't, I, honestly, I don't know where, where y'all are at with this. And, and you just, you know it yourself. It's between you and the Lord. Where do you stand with the Holy Spirit in his ministry? Because I'll tell you right now, out of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the only person of the Trinity that's on this earth to help Christians, you guessed it, the Holy Spirit. Now, think about this. So you grieve, you quench the Holy Spirit. You've taken God out of the equation, out of your life. Think about this. Where do you stand with the Holy Spirit today? The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Have you quenched or grieved Him in your life? Are you content? Or are you desperate for more of the power of God in your life? If you're content today, you won't go any further than where you are right now. In fact, you'll probably backslide and you'll go back even more. Like I said, there's no standing still in the Christian life. You're either moving forward or you're going back. And my question is, what are you in, drive or reverse? And you need to know this. I don't know who I'm talking to, but listen to me. It is my responsibility as a pastor, as a leader in the body of Christ, to tell you this. That you, if you have, are hindering the ministry of the Holy Spirit in, in your life, you're hindering the advancement of the kingdom of God on this earth. You see, this is the point. It goes beyond you personally. It goes beyond your personal comfort zones. Are you hearing me? It does. I, it really does. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not being jerky about this by no means, but... I'm telling you right now, it goes well beyond just you because we're talking about if you were to receive and embrace the fullness of the Holy Spirit's ministry as a Christian, you will affect more people's lives for Jesus Christ than you will ever dream of. And maybe the reason why you're so discontented in your Christian walk may be because you've been quenching the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been feeding the flesh more than the spirit are you hearing me and if someone gets hot under the collar by this statement i have done my job well yep i'm telling you someone said well what do you mean i'm hindering the advancement of the kingdom i've done my job well i just pray that it will bother you enough to study the truths for yourself and receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit's ministry in your life. And I want to encourage everyone here watching me, listening to me around the world, be a promoter of the kingdom of God and not a hindrance. Don't ever forget that the kingdom of God is always associated with power. Say power. Power over the devil. Power over sickness, disease. Power, come on, over sin. You need to get to the point in your Christian walk where the Word of God goes from head knowledge to heart knowledge. 
And I'll tell you right now, for 20 years, there's only head knowledge. I thank God that I didn't die within those 20 years. I'm, I, I thank God that I didn't take my last breath within the 20 years. Because, friends, I'm telling you right now, I was playing church. I was not part of the church. I was not saved. I was out, you know, in the world doing the own thing, doing the worldliness thing. I thank God I did not take my last breath thinking I was okay and I would go to heaven while playing church and not being the church. True faith always comes from the heart. And true faith always produce, will produce an action in the life of a child of God. So as the army of God on this earth, let's walk together and be in unity to advance the kingdom of God. Let's put an end to the plan and strategy of the enemy to hinder the advancement of God on this earth. We are the only one. God is counting on us, the church, Christians. And let's get busy to carry on with the work that Jesus started. Let's walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and do what Jesus did. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I like that. Let's do what Jesus did. Let's what do what he did. Now, I'm just going to be blunt as possible right now. If there's someone in here you've not made Jesus Lord of your life, if you're in here, you've been playing church, you've been trying to ride on mommy and daddy's faith strings, and you know now if you took your last breath, you would go straight to hell. And when Jesus returns, it says hell's going to be thrown into the lake of fire for eternity. Now, if there's someone in here who's on the road to hell and you want to get off that exit and you want to get on the road to blessing, you want to get on the road to heaven, I simply want you to come forward right here. And I just want to pray with you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe there's someone in here. You've fallen away from the Lord. You've been feeding your fleshly, sinful desires. Maybe you've been entangled in pornography. Whatever it is, maybe uh, fornication, whatever it is, you just know, man, Lord, I have fallen away. I have strayed from you. And frankly, you don't know right now, if you were to take your last breath, you'd go to heaven. If you want to rededicate today and settle it, brand new beginning, new start, I want you to come forward. Thank you. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. And today... Today, you just had a realization of the importance of the Holy Spirit baptism. And quite honestly, you haven't given it much thought in the past. But today's your day to get filled. Today's your day for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, just come forward. And it's simple. It's just so simple. Everything in the Christian walk is an act of faith. How many of you know that? Maybe you need a prayer for healing in your physical body, your emotions. Maybe you're bound by demons and uh, you're starting to realize, hey, that's me, Pastor. That's me. I'm bound. Maybe you have an addiction or something. I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you. 
Now, we have some requests from the uh, website here. Stretch your hands toward that camera. Alyssa, Elizabeth and Alyssa are at home. Alyssa's not feeling well today, so let's pray for my little girl, Alyssa. Father, in the name of Jesus, we loose your healing power upon Alyssa right now. Lord God, I pray that that cold, that infirmity would come out of her body, that her immune system would be strengthened right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Alyssa wants us to pray for the kids in Guatemala. This is so neat. Alyssa, she had a burden. She said, Mom, Dad, I want to save money up so uh, some kids in Guatemala can get a TV. She raised the money. The kids have it now. (laughs) And they've been watching Christian television. So, Lord, yes. Lord, we do pray for the children. We pray for those poor children, Lord God, in Guatemala. We pray you would send laborers into their path. Lord God, we pray you would use us, Lord God, to bless them individuals in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, that they would walk in the fullness of everything that you have for them also, Lord. In Jesus' name. Terry Miller is at home. Betty wants us to pray for Terry. Terry, in the name of Jesus We come against every infirmity. We come against that spirit of infirmity that's latched onto your body, that's latched onto your organs. We command that demonic spirit to loose your body now. Loose those organs. Come out in Jesus' name, and we loose the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ through your body right now. Receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Now, all right, there's uh, Becky who's watching she has cancer right now. She, she hasn't been doing very well. And, and so she really needs us to lock in with her. She says, I need God's help. I can't fight this anymore. I know, Becky, you can't do it by yourself. That's why you need the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone stretch your hand right there. She needs a miracle. And in the name of Jesus, I come against every cancerous growth in your body. And I command every cancerous growth to be rooted up right now. In Jesus' name, Jesus said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. And he did not create that cancer. We command it to come out of your body. I speak life to you. I command the spirit of death to come out of you now. Satan, you loose her in Jesus' mighty name. Every evil spirit, come out. And Becky, I just want to encourage you, if you're holding any bitterness or unforgiveness, you need to deal with it and put it under the blood right now. Because sickness, disease, evil spirits, they feed on that. They feed on it. And you need to put it under the blood right now in Jesus' mighty name. Be healed. Be healed. Jamie. Chris and Laura's cousin down in Kentucky. Jamie. I believe they said she was 26, 27 years old. She's 27 months along with a baby. They just found cancer in her lungs. As of right now, from what we know, the baby is okay. Stretch your hands right now. In the name of Jesus, I curse every cancer cell in Jamie's body. And I command every cancer cell to die and dissolve in Jesus' name. And I command in the authority in the name of Jesus for new cells, new and healthy cells to be formed in your body right now, Jamie. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, spirit of death, come out. And Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over Jamie and over that child in the womb right now. Satan, you will not touch that child. You will not. So Lord, do it. Do a miracle in Jamie's body and in that child's life and give them many, many, many more years 
and make them warriors for Jesus Christ on this earth. And everyone said, turn that music up. Is there anybody here who needs prayer?
praying for. He's been watching us online. He's been getting chemo. Stretch your hands for him. right now stage four lung cancer stage four lung cancer he said to tell you everything's going to be all right with you you know god has not left his throne how many of you know that god's word is true and if you will be radical enough to just believe him just just be radical enough to believe his word be radical enough to believe that he is a good god and he has the best for you his power is flowing through you right now in Jesus' mighty name. It's a good word. Hallelujah. Jesus. There's a boy named Joshua, I know Carrie has mentioned, who got ran over by a car. And he, he has some broken bones and a ruptured bladder and all that. Let's pray for Joshua right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, we lift up Joshua. I command every broken bone in his body to be mended right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And every organ that's been affected by this tragedy, by this accident, to come in place, be put in normal position, and to function properly in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, let your power invade that hospital room right now. Let your power, your glory fill that place. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, is there anybody else you want to get saved today? You want to rededicate? You want to get baptized with the Holy Ghost today? And you need a healing? I know that there are sometimes when some individuals are embarrassed to come forward. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism 
and you want to do it, you mean it with your whole heart, I want you to repeat these words. Say, Heavenly Father, everyone just say it after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that he shed his blood for me, died on the cross, and he rose again on the third day. It is that Jesus that I confess as Lord of my life. And Heavenly Father, I thank you that you said that you would give the Holy Spirit to those who ask, and you would not give them an evil spirit. You won't give them a serpent. But if I ask for the Holy Spirit, you would give him to me. You would baptize, baptize me with him. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Heavenly Father, to baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with power to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. May I never be the same in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand today. Hallelujah. All right. Now, thank you to all those who have been watching online. October 17th, well, that's just a couple weeks. It's a Friday night. October 17th, I'm going to be doing a healing and miracle service on the east side of Michigan, about 30 miles east of Flint, right down I-69 in Imlay City at the Days Inn. So I want to make sure that you come and be touched. And is there anything else? Praise report from Becky. First time in four days she doesn't have a headache. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's pretty quick, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you, or you'll see me, next week. God bless you. All right. Glory to God. Uh, a couple of announcements here for you all here.